The future of radio is now. Seattle Wave Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join up. Let's get this show started. We do our best to highlight the top talent that Seattle has to offer, and today is no exception. Megan Griffith is not only an up-and-coming filmmaker, she's already arrived at that level. And she has some amazing films that we're going to talk about today that have won awards, they're critically acclaimed, films like The Off Hour, Eden, and one of my favorite movies of the year, Lucky Them. And Megan's really busy, as you can imagine, and I tracked her down and I convinced her to come on the show and I couldn't be more appreciative of that. So thank you, Megan, for coming on. Thanks for having me. What is it about Seattle that kind of just drives this artistic spirit in in people, do you think? Well, it's a pretty inspiring landscape. Um, it, I mean, I, I personally uh, like going outside and seeing mountains and ocean and, you know, green trees. And it's, it is sort of replenishing in its own way. And um, I also feel like I'm a fan of the weather. Uh, some people maybe aren't, but... Uh, but I, I like the rain, and um, and I actually get so much more accomplished when that season starts. I I think maybe that's uh, I think there's a quote in uh, I don't know if it's Pearl Jam twenty or some I think it might be that uh, Pearl Jam documentary where they're saying like if it didn't rain so much we'd probably be all outside playing. Um, so like it was, <laughs> the the rain actually gets us being a lot more productive. Productive, I think. That is true. That's very true. You know the music industry has been having, has kind of been following what's going on in the film industry as far as with independent really breaking out. So film kind of led the way, and I think, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but it started years ago maybe with Robert Redford and opening the Sundance Film Festival and, and, and bringing um, independent filmmaking to the forefront. And then music has kind of also led this revolution and in independent and, and giving a broader um, different things for people to watch and be able to listen to instead of just what the mainstream is kind of feeding us. And really, we as a public win. But is, is that where it started years ago at Sundance, or was it building even before then? I think there's always been waves of that. And, um, you know, there was like a late 60s counterculture cinema that ended up sort of being co-opted by the industry. But, the, yeah, I think there's been sort of like pockets of time where the more independent stuff sort of rises into the mainstream consciousness. And um, I think now maybe a little more than ever because it's so there's so much content that's being generated by independent filmmakers. It's just so much more accessible to make films. And so I think there, there's just uh, now the problem isn't necessarily the you know, lack of content or, or lack of ability to actually see it. It's really having some way to find what you like as an audience like and having as a filmmaker having some way to get your film 
directed towards people who are going to be the audience for it. It's harder now because there's so much out there that people have a hard time sort of sifting through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of a, a good news, bad news situation. Um, there is mm-hmm. probably more opportunity than than there ever was before, but then you have to kind of find it. And that's what we want to do today because we want to tell you about these great films, including Lucky Mim, that's available on digital download and DVD. You can get it now, and I would absolutely recommend this movie. It's you like good movies, if you like movies about music, if you like movies about Seattle, if you like romantic comedies, it's all covered and there's something for everyone. I love this movie. Saw it twice, ordering it from Amazon. I'm going to promote the heck out of this movie just because I love it so much. And I want to see your other movies because I I assume that they're going to be just as good because I I just have a feeling that you, you make the movies kind of movies I want to see. So The Off Hour and Eden, which also I've heard wonderful things about. I want to get those as well. Yeah, they're very we, much um, all over the map genre-wise. Um, so it, it, Lucky Them is, is much lighter comparatively mm-hmm. um, than the two of them. But, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a through line of, of sort of uh, complicated characters and relationships through the three films. What we're seeing a lot of, which I've noticed, is more kind of A-list actors backing independent movies. I know Joanne Woodward was one of the producers of Lucky Them, and people will know Joanne Woodward from, she was married to uh, Paul Newman. And we see Martin Sheen investing in movies. We've seen A-list actors acting in movies. Your uh, movie, Lucky Them, was just loaded, as as were some of your other movies, but just loaded with names that, that we would know that these aren't just you're just not finding actors on Craigslist to make these movies. I mean, you're getting real veteran actors to, to come in and, and perform in these movies. Yeah, I mean, Lucky Them, uh, in particular, we um, we really scored with our talent. Like, uh, I mean, I've been a fan of Tony Collette, who's our lead, for 20 years. I, I This week was, I guess, the, the 20th anniversary of Muriel's wedding, which is the first thing that I saw her in, and, uh, and I've followed her career ever since and been a fan. And so the fact that she responded to the script and wanted to do it was super, super exciting to me. And I just love seeing her in a role like this. It's not, you know, she's kind of a chameleon and she does a lot of different things and she's almost never the same from movie to movie. But it was, it's still sort of a nice opportunity to see her um, sort of in a, in a sexy leading role. And she is such a brilliant actress that yeah, I was I was just I felt incredibly fortunate to have her. Um, it was like I was in very good hands. In you know, you kind of have to give over your movie to your lead actress in a certain way, and she she was you know I had no problem doing that with her. And then Thomas Hayden Church, who's the other lead, is someone who I've also known basically for the last twenty years or so, and just been a fan of. He's such a like I when I read the script, it, it existed before I came on board for ten years. Emily Wachtel, who wrote it and produced it, had been sort of trying to get it made over the course of like a decade. And and along the way, Paul Newman, who Emily is best friends with Clayan Newman, who's Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward's daughter, one of their daughters. And so she's been, Emily's been sort of in, in that family for a long time. And Paul Newman was a helpful in terms of reaching out to actors. And he sent the script to Thomas Hayden Church. So Thomas was attached for seven years before the movie got made. And when I read it, I thought about him saying all the lines and it just made it just jump off the page. He's such an interesting, like, oddball, unique delivery. And I just loved thinking about him doing it. And then he came 
and did exactly what I wanted and then so much more. He just added so many layers to the character. And so, yeah, I felt really, um, we got Oliver Platt. We had some newer actors, uh, Nina Arianda and Anna O'Reilly, just like a series of Brian Eggold, just great, great talent across the board. I was just, uh, it was like a pleasure to sit behind the monitor and, and see what they did, they did every day. Well, Thomas Hayden Church, he hit it out of the park as far as I was concerned. T- to me, he was just made for that role. He was dead on, just believable. He was quirky. He was funny. And I really couldn't even imagine anyone else in that role ex- except him. And Oliver Platt did a great job, as as did T- Tony Collette. Really, everybody was just perfect for for a cast. I, it, it, in my opinion, it couldn't have been cast any better than if, if you had been given a $50 million budget, I don't think that you could have cast it any better than, than what you had. Yeah, I, I think you. I agree. I, I, think, uh, I think we had the dream cast for this movie. I just love to watch the credits because it, it tells so much about the film when you're watching the credits. And that's where I saw Joanne Woodward's name come up. You'd filmed at so many iconic places in and around Seattle. Um, Rob Roy in Belltown um, was, was one of the bars that you'd shot in. And, of course, if you love Seattle and you kind of love Seattle as a third character in, in the movie, so to speak, you really will just get that feeling if you've ever been to – shows downtown where indie music is playing or, or you know, a lot of times uh, bigger name music comes in and plays at these venues like Nemo's and the Crocodile and, different, uh, you know, different places like that. But uh, you really captured that, that whole spirit of the kind of the Seattle music scene, what it's like when you walk out the door after the music is, is uh, after the concert's over, kind of just the, the whole feel mm-hmm. of the city. I, oh, I thought cool, just really yeah. brought that, that whole thing to life. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I've lived here for 14 years, and I go see a lot of music, and and I just, uh, so, you know, reading the script and knowing it was set in that world, it was originally set in New York, and we actually uh, brought it to Seattle and, and reset it here um, when I came on board, but it was, yeah, I really just wanted to have that sort of authentic feeling of being in Seattle in these places and having the musicians play where they would be playing at whatever level they're at in the movie um, and like have the characters sort of um, live where they, you know, just kind of be real, real with who these people are and who they would be within the context of this city today, like in 2000, well, at the time we shot it, it was 2013, but, um, but yeah, just, you know, try to make it feel uh, authentic as much as possible. So I'm glad that came across. It did. It really did. And and the Pacific Northwest film community in general, and, and you're a board member of the Northwest Film Forum, it, they really seem to be a group that really inspires each other and supports each other. And I, I have liked the page on Facebook, and I'm always seeing everyone promoting everyone else. Um, a lot of times when you see people that are just constantly self-promoting, 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 which we all need to do. But also within that, there's so much promotion for each other, and is it is is that really how it is? Because that's the way it appears to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's how I feel. It is. I mean, I a part of a lot of pro- other projects beyond my own, but I'm also just you know these are my friends, and and there um, and there's so many people who even people I'm not that close to in in Seattle that are just making really cool stuff and. I just want to see it happen. I like, and you know, for the sake of uh, of just creating something cool and new in the world, but also for the sake of of the community here and and getting sort of visibility 
to Seattle and all the great things that are happening here. It's like the expression, a rising tide floats all boats. Uh, I think <laughs> if, 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 if anyone in this community starts to do well, it just brings attention and, and, and hopefully more people have opportunities. So I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, uh, in looking outward and supporting other people besides just yourself, although I do my own fair share of self-promotion for sure. Well, you have to. You, you have to. But a lot of times, you know, it'll, it'll just kind of get kind of one-sided, which is what social media is actually for. But what I really noticed within the film community is that within that is – so much, and, and I've got to know other movies because of that. When, when someone lists something, then I'll think, oh, I need to write that down. I need to see that. And uh, there, there's, there's a saying with the, with the, within the music community, if you want to find the good music, follow the musicians, and they will lead you. Whatever shows they're going to, follow them. That's never steered me wrong. And I can tell you, I'm using that same process when it comes to picking my movies now. I follow the filmmakers, and I follow what they're watching, and I watch that, oh, yeah. and so far has not led me wrong, not not one time. That's awesome. Now, I love that. What is, what is the climate like for women in, in filmmaking? At the Hollywood kind of mega movie level, you don't see a lot of women filmmakers. I'm really glad to see so many women filmmakers kind of stripping away that in the mainstream, especially at kind of the, the indie level. But I'd like to really see women bringing their point of view onto the really the mainstream what's kind of the, the climate for that it's pretty terrible <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> the statistics are, are are not really improving that much year to year there, there's just a dismal uh, number of, of women who are hired to make studio films and and large grossing studio movies there's like you know two percent or something ridiculous but in independent in the independent sphere the numbers are much better which I think sort of goes to show what happens when some of those gatekeepers are taken away mm-hmm. and and people are sort of just allowed to survive on their own initiative. And then in Seattle, the numbers are fantastic. Like, I think we're majority female filmmakers in town. So it's uh, it's sort of uh, all over the map. But I agree. I mean, it'd be, I, I think it, people want to see their own stories on screen. And if all we're getting is sort of the male perspective, I don't think that's good for, for sort of audience members and, and young girls who are watching movies. So, I, you know, I like, I, you know, I, I, I certainly am going after larger projects alongside of the independent things that I'm pushing forward. So hopefully, you know, I'll be able to push that statistic over a little bit myself and see other women doing the same. I, I definitely hope so. Does it give you any hope when you see someone like Sam Taylor Johnson land Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, one of the touted to be one of the biggest movies of 2015, and it is a woman leading, you know, the way on that. But other than that, you don't you don't see it. Does it does it give you hope, or do you th- just think that that's just kind of a one one shot phenomenon? <laughs> I'll, I'll choose to be hopeful <laughs> based on some, you know something like that. I think it's hard to pin any trend on one hire. So I'd like to see more of those happen before I really start feeling like there's like a momentum building, but hopefully that's the beginning, yeah. I, I hope so, too, especially if it, if it's, and it should, make a lot of money. Um, I think that it will, and I'm hoping, and I think that it will kind of open the door for more women to have their perspective seen and, and, and shot from behind the camera. You have a 
tattoo I heard on your wrist, and I wanted you to tell our audience about that and the significance of that because you always kind of <laughs> stay focused. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, I have a tattoo of, a, of like a line drawing of a film camera on my wrist that I got when I was um, – I used to be a cinematographer, and I shot my friend Mandy's film in, in West Virginia many, many years ago, probably over 10 years ago at this point. And uh, that we noticed in, in – uh, West Virginia and Huntington, where we were shooting, there was so many tattoo parlors. It felt like there was more tattoo parlors than there were like uh, grocery stores, or you know, it was just like there was everywhere. And so we decided during the course of the shoot that we were going to go get tattoos together when we wrapped. And um, and we got there on the day, and I still didn't know what I was going to do. So I drew this camera on my wrist in Sharpie, and then I decided I liked it, and they traced it. <laughs> and so it's just it's like me drawing. It's like kind of off angle and. Um, and imperfect, but I really have always uh, never regretted getting it because I, I really like how, I mean, my my life is definitely very centered around my work and film, and, and so just having that on my wrist is, uh, it feels appropriate. <laughs> I got another one uh, recently with a, at, a, at a party in Seattle. Somebody, James Keblis, who was our former head of the mayor's office of film and music, had a party and had a tattoo artist at the party to give free tattoos, and so I got a little uh, film strip on my toe, and so did my good friend and collaborator Lacey Levitt. So we now have matching uh, film strip tattoos. Best party gift ever! That is really <laughs> great. Have a tattoo artist instead of goodie bags. Bring a tattoo artist. That's perfect. I'm gonna write that down. Tattoo artist. Blazing for life. I, yeah, it was. Uh, I was the first one in line to get the tattoo. I think everybody else was like, maybe took a little bit more convincing, but I was like, I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what's next for you, Megan? Where, where, where do you go after Lucky Them? Well, I'm currently. I've been writing a lot this year. Um, that's been sort of what's been keeping me busy. I've done actually written three feature scripts this year, um, a couple of them sort of for hire. And then I'm, I have my own projects that I've been nurturing for a while. I'm going after bigger projects. I'm attached to a couple of things. I have a lot of irons in the fire at the moment. Um, and I'm sort of uh, the, the expression that I've been using recently is that I'm pushing a lot of boulders up the hill and I don't know which one's going to hit the top first. So but they're all getting a lot of my energy by turn. And I just got, I'm getting to the point where I'm definitely itching to get back on set. I had uh, Eden and Lucky Them happen in, in quick succession, and uh, and I didn't ever have to go much more than a year between getting a set fix um, and being able to sort of be in the director's chair on set. Um, and now it's been a little bit longer, and now I'm getting uh, anxious to get back there. But I've definitely got a lot of things going on. I've been keeping myself busy. Well, you're going to be really fun to follow, and I just cannot recommend, I'm going to be pushing this until I'm blue in the face on Lucky Them, because it's just a fantastic, one of the best romantic comedies you will see, especially if you're a music lover, you love Seattle, you love really great acting, this cast just hit it out of the park. It's available on digital download. It's available on DVD. Um, it's, I think it's still on demand if, for a lot of the cable providers. Uh-huh. Um, so yep. there's a lot of ways to see it. And run, don't walk to this film because you will absolutely not be disappointed. It's won, it won some film festival awards and it's, you know, there's, once you see it, you absolutely know why. And like I said, Megan, you're just going to be really fun to watch. And I'm couldn't thank you enough for being able to take a little bit of time and, and come on and talk to us today. 
Oh, my pleasure, and thank you so much for saying all that about the movie. I'm proud of it, and I really, really wanted to find its audience, so I really appreciate um, you pushing it and, and getting the word out for us. Thank you. Uh, I was hooked from the from the first time I saw it, and um, and I think everybody else will be, too. So we just got to get the word out. It takes, and like you said, a rising tide kind of lifts all boats, so the more of us that are talking about it, the more we get the word out there, and the more people who will get to see it. And a lot of people are complaining all the time, oh, there's no good movies. There are good movies. There's a lot of great movies, and this is one of them. And we're going to play. Andrew Vait is, is a Seattle musician, and he has a new song called Bright Star Out. I'm going to play that and thank Megan again for coming on, and I'll be right back. Thank you. I went walking today All this color See, I fear I am fading away So I painted pictures
Seattle Wave Radio. Your Seattle, your scene. This is Matthew Meadows, better known to some of you as Rango the Dog. And you're surfing the seas of mojo with Seattle Wave Radio. Catch the wave.